to our, our scripture out of Romans 7, 15 through 20. Romans 7, 15 through 20. If you don't have your Bibles, it'll be on the screen behind me. It says this, for I do not understand what I am doing because I do not practice what I want to do. But I do what I hate. Now, if I do what I do not want to do, I agree with the law that it is good. So now I am no longer the one doing it, but it is sin living in me. Everybody shout in me. It is sin living in me, for I know that nothing good lives in me that is in my flesh. For the desire to do what is good is with me. But there is no ability to do it. Verse 19. For I do not do the good that I want to do, but I practice the evil that I do not want to do. Now, if I do what I do not want, I am no longer the one that does it, but it is sin, again, that lives in me. Me. So today as we continue on in our series 7, I want to speak to you on the topic, I want it all. I want it all as we deal with how greed can take over in our daily lives. Will you pray with me just one more time? Jesus, we love you. We thank you just for what you're doing in this house. We thank you for what you're doing in every life that's in this room right now. Father, I pray that not one life in this room leaves the same way that they came in. But Holy Spirit, do what only you can do. Speak to every single individual in this room to change their lives and give them revelation in the sight of you. Father, I thank you, Lord, I get rid of any anxiety, any fear that would hinder me from preaching your word tonight. And I say, have your way in this place. In Jesus' name. And everyone said? Amen. Come on, 5 p.m. Everyone said? Amen. All right, I need y'all to holler at me. This is, I'm going to give you all I got. It's been up since 4.30 a.m., so y'all just better. Let's do it. Let's get it. Um, so I started researching about greed, and um, uh, I just, I, like I do, I, I always go to my wife and I ask, I'm like, hey, like, do you have any, like, anything, stories or anything that you want to say of, like, moments where I was greedy? By the way, she had way too many. <laughs> like, way too many. I'm like, okay, hold up, hold up, hold up. You got to slow that down. You got to slow that down. But she started giving me different, different things um, since we've been married for uh, six years, and um, she started giving me different moments where I've been greedy. And I was like, man, dang it, that's like, I shouldn't have asked her. I should, I should not have asked her at all. But there's, um, if you know anything about me, I'm a gifts guy, okay? One of my love languages is gifts. I love gifts, and I love acts of service. Gifts and acts of, I repeat, gifts <laughs> and acts of service. But so I, I love gifts, and I just, I just celebrated my 30th birthday back in May, and uh, people gave me all sorts of gifts. They gave me gift cards, they gave me candy because I love candy. I mean, by the way, you can give me the smallest gift or you can give me the biggest gift. You can give me a box of candy and I'll just love you forever. I'll be like, we're homies. We're best friends. Like, let's do this thing. So they gave me all kinds of gifts and, and um, uh, I, I love gifts. And so I got so many gift cards. I got H&M gift cards. I got like movie gift cards. I got everything. You come to my closet, you just see like, what, 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 what's up? I got all the gifts. I got all the cards. And so um, my wife was, 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 she brought it to my attention. I already knew it, but she brought it to my attention. And she was like, you, you hoard all your gifts. And I'm like, well, this is my gift. Like, you don't see me spending your ultimate gift card. I ain't going to get no makeup. I can't get nothing out of that. So these, these, this is my gift. I, this, I want it all. This is, this is me. And so um, she was like, yeah, you hoard all your gift cards. And by the way, I do hoard all my gift cards. I have to tell them myself in this moment because I have like a whole drawer. And the thing about me is I'll hide things. I'm like the guy that's like, I got candy in this corner, I got a gift card in this corner, I got some cash in this corner, I got everything. So I just, I hide everything and I hoard everything. And I started thinking about that moment, uh, moments where I've been greedy. 
And I've allowed, like, even, like, I'm, I'm really to the point where I'll, I'll get, like, a, a Fandango gift card, for instance. And I'm even, like, like greedy enough that I'll only go to the movies on $5 Tuesday. <laughs> like, that's how greedy I am. I'm telling myself right now. I'm, I'm just greedy. Like, I'll, I'll go $5 Tuesday. I'm not taking my wife on a date. Listen, if we're going to go on a date, we're going to spend our money. That ain't yours. Okay? We're going to spend our money in the account. We're not, I'm not spending my gift card on you. So you, got, you just got to throw away that idea. Like, she would always want me to share my French fries, all these different things. I'm like, no, you get your own French fries. Okay? Like, I love you so much, I will get you a large. Okay? You do your own thing. And so I always, I always, I always hoard things. And I started, like, like, thinking about, like, different moments in my life where I've been greedy. And I haven't really shared a lot. And so I started thinking about that. And this is just kind of a, just a sums up a definition about greed. Greed is the gateway to many of the sins that we encounter. Greed will always leave us with an unsatisfied state, never being able to quench or satisfy ourselves. So I started looking up that, like, man, greed literally will quench everything. And it leaves us wanting more. I want it all. And so what can greed look like? These are just a couple of examples of what greed can look like. It can look like buying more of something that you may already have and don't really use. How many of us have done that? We buy stuff all the time, and it's just like, go, 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 go. Buying something that you don't really use. It can look like this, getting annoyed over the cost of relational activities, like me. Relational activities, letting the good thing that we have fall into despair while we chase something more or better. It can look like ordering something online, Amazon, Prime. It can look like ordering something online just because you like the feeling of having something new all the time. It can look like taking a huge handful of items <laughs> that say free even though we don't need them. Now, I know y'all, y'all be going to the doctor, y'all be taking up all the mints. Y'all need to go buy your own mints, okay? <laughs> it can look like this, refusing to give away things or or donate items that you haven't worn or used in years. I'm guilty of this. My closet is full of items that I haven't worn. Don't be saying yep, babe. Just say yep. <laughs> this ain't your time to speak. <laughs> Giving items in, and having items in your closet that you know that you haven't even worn. But for some reason, you want to hold on to it. Because there's an emotional attachment. There's some kind of attachment to that. And so this is my first point. Everybody shout number one. Greed justifies itself by relabeling wants as needs. It convinces us that excess is essential. Wow. So greed says this. Greed says, man, I, I want all this. And, and it, 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 it gets into our minds and in our hearts. And, and it makes us like say, man, I, I really desire this. We try to justify. We, we, we literally relabel things in our minds. It convinces us that excess is essential. That, man, the, the, that, that nice shirt, even though I have about 10, I try to, like, just recently, I tried to just, justify it to my wife. She's like, why'd you buy another white shirt? You have, like, 10 white shirts. And I'm like, no, 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 no. One's a long tee. One's a short tee. One's this. One's that. I tried to justify it. One had riding on it. One had no riding on it. One had purple on it. One did not have purple on it. And she's like, no, 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 no. You have 10 white shirts. Why did you go buy? What was I doing? I'm relabeling. Because it's excess. I'm telling on myself. So y'all, y'all, see, I'm going to hear all your stories tonight. 
I'm, I'm relabeling, I'm convincing myself that this is essential, that I need this thing. That's what greed does. It literally says, man, I need this thing. In order for me to be happy, I need this thing. In order for me to be happy, I need these shoes. In order for me to be happy, I need this car. And we attach it to, to items rather than allowing God to come in and say, man, I, I, God, God wants to literally provide those things for us. But another thing is we strive and we strive and we strive and we work and we work and we work. We try to do this all, all, all to create something, all to get something, all to justify something. So 1 Timothy 6, 6 through 8, it says this, but godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into the world, and we can take nothing out of it. We brought nothing into the world, and we can take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. How many of you guys love Black Friday shopping? <laughs> so I, I used to go Black Friday shopping all the time because I'm like, man, if I'm going to wear if I'm going to get that thing, I'm going to try to get a deal. Like, I want those shoes, but I need to get a deal on it. Like, it needs to be like 50% off or something like that. And so I used to go Black Friday shopping all the time. I don't do it that much anymore because I realized that literally Black Friday shopping is just like a competition with the world. It's literally trying to get more of something that you really don't need and you try to justify it when you get there. But so I... I remember this one time where I went Black Friday shopping, and I would literally try to justify, man, I really want that, I want that, I want that. And literally at one point, I literally went in to get a TV, and I came out with more than a TV. I came out with new clothes, new shoes, new TV, new this, new that. And I started realizing in that moment, I started to get frustrated with myself because it left me literally empty. It left my bank account empty, for one. <laughs> And it left me empty. It left my soul empty because I wanted more. And I started thinking about many, many times. And I, I told this story last week about my dad driving the Geo Metro. And, and how all of my friends in high school were driving these nice, nice cars. And I started thinking about how that has literally affected me, even today. Where I've worked and i strived so hard to get things because of how it looks on the outside rather than really working with God and saying man Lord like what do I need to do in this moment I would strive and strive and strive for material things to try to make this happen to try to make that happen and I'd be working three jobs tired just for material things and listen this is not a message to say that material things aren't great okay I'm wearing nice clothes right now okay you know what I'm saying? Like, I got some pink shoes on. I got an oversized tee on, but it's okay. So I, I get those things. I get that it's okay to have nice things. But when our priority isn't in place, when we choose to get these things and we put these material things above God, we have a problem. We have an issue. And so what, what Paul is saying right here, but godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into the world. So to me, why do we try to justify that we need that one thing when literally we were born with nothing? We go from this, we go from that. And literally we're born with nothing. Greed doesn't concern itself with questions like this. Like, do I really need it? Will I, will, will I get much use out of it? Can I afford it? What will it ultimately cost me and those around me? You see, greed has a who cares mentality. 
Greed has a who cares mentality. We justify and say to ourselves, I want more, new, bigger, better, and we want it when? Now. And so we try to justify everything that we get. Necessity and sustainability are irrelevant. Everybody shout with me, number two. Greed entraps us by promising what only contentment can deliver. Greed entraps us by promising what only contentment can deliver. Philippians 4.12, it says this. I know what it is to be in need, in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. So Paul is saying this. I, I know what it is to have so much, and I literally know what it is to have nothing. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. And I started looking at that scripture. I started thinking about the mission field. And this is just an example. I started thinking about, man, if God really called me to go on the mission field, I'm not talking about a missions trip. I'm talking about the mission field. And yes, we're living in a missions field. I get that. But I'm talking about if God called me to go to a foreign country to strip away all of my desires, all of my clothes, all these different things, and to move to a foreign country, would I go without question? Would I do that without question? And, and I feel like a lot of us in this moment, God has asked us to do certain things. He's asked us to go certain places. But because we're so content, we're so satisfied with where we are, we don't do those things because we're comfortable. We're, we're used to having everything that we're, 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 we're used to having everything that we want. We're used to having a nice bed to sleep in. We're used to having a, a, a warm shower to shower. And I'm all about those things. We're used to having nice clothes in the closet. But the question is, would, if, if we are to be a generous church, if we are to extend our hand and do everything, would you go, would you do everything that God has called you to do? Would you step out or would you choose to remain comfortable in who you are? We're talking about greed and generosity. You see, greed finds its foundation in fear of going without. That's the foundation of greed. Greed finds its foundation in fear of going without. Greed is the complete lack of contentment. It has an anxious inability to rest and relax in the moment, enjoying what it already has. Let me say that again. Greed is a complete lack of contentment. It has an anxious inability to rest and relax in the moment, enjoying what it already has. You see, I think that we have this idea that we'll arrive at a certain point. We all have this idea, man, like I got to strive, I got to strive, I got to strive, I got to do this, I got to do this. At some point, I'll arrive. But then we'll find ourselves 80, 90 years old, never actually arriving to that point. Why? It's because we've allowed greed to set into our heart. We've allowed the satisfaction of always wanting more that will never be craved. It'll never be craved. You'll never be satisfied when it comes to greed. So greed entraps us by promising what only contentment can deliver. You see, how many of us in this room are fearful or have this insecurity from when we were young? 
And I started thinking about the moment with, with my friend's cars. And I started thinking about, man, I've strived and I've worked so hard only to find myself empty. I've worked and worked and worked and done all I can only to find myself empty, left with nothing. I had all these material things, but material things get old. You're always trying to get something new. Something else is trying to come in. You get an iPhone 10 and an iPhone 10s comes out. You get an iPhone 10s and then an iPhone 11 comes out. All these different things. So we go from this to that to the other. And greed literally entraps us by promising what only contentment can deliver. God can only satisfy your need. God can only fill every gap that is in your mind, in your heart. There's nothing that can satisfy your wants or your needs but God. So greed is a complete lack of contentment. It has, its, it has an anxious inability to rest and relax in the moment, enjoying what it already has. Everybody shout with me, number three. Greed, greed will always leave us with the desire of wanting more. Greed will always leave us with the desire of wanting more. First Timothy 6, 9 through 10, it says this. Those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Not money itself. Because we get that mixed up. The love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. You see, greed is a dissatisfaction with ourselves and always desiring more than what we need. And I've been reading this book, this book called Glittering Vices. It's an amazing book. If you, if you um, want to read like a book on the seven deadly sins, um, our pastoral staff uh, Pastor Jason and Pastor Erica, we're all reading it together. And um, there's a quote in here that I want to say. It says this, Greed's inner clutch on the heart can corrode the virtue of generosity and dampen our enthusiasm and eagerness to give freely. There's a lot in there. Greed's inner clutch on the heart can corrode the virtue of generosity and dampen our enthusiasm and eagerness to give freely. So what is it saying here? That greed can literally squander generosity. Greed in your heart can literally cause you not to give. And I started thinking, man, in many ways I've been greedy. And I think this is something that we have to, to really get in our hearts. If we're going to really reach and do everything that God has called us to do at the well, at our church, and in our city, we got to be a generous church. And we are a generous church. We say that every week because we are. But I believe that we have to keep being generous. And I started thinking about, man, there are many times where I've seen people and God has told me, hey, give them that. Go over there. Do this. Do that. Give them that pair of shoes. Give them that, that coat off your back. And because I've been greedy, I've been squandering generosity, I think before I give. And I want you to watch this because a lot of us, 
We think before we give. It's like, man, for example, I'd be like, God's like, give him a pair of shoes. And, like, and I, I try to justify myself. I'm like, okay, well, what pair of shoes? The older pair of shoes? Uh, no, he's like, give him that, that new pair of shoes. Uh, uh, you mean the, the pair of shoes I bought like two weeks ago? Not my new, new ones? And it's like, and I try to justify. And that's what we do a lot of times. We try to justify before we actually give. And so that's, that's greed. We don't want to look at it like that, but we try to, we always question. And, and I wonder if, if we were to walk downtown and we see homeless everywhere. And I've done this before. I've been in my car. And I've seen homeless people, and God's like, give them $5. I question that $5. I question it. I question, well, maybe they're on drugs. Maybe they're going to, and I'm speaking truth. This is truth. Maybe, I don't know if they're going to really spend that $5 on food that they need or, or something that they need. Are they going to spend that, that money? And I've driven past people missing an opportunity to be generous. And I believe that if we're going to be a generous church, if we're going to walk in everything that God has called us to walk in, we have to be generous without greed. Yeah. Meaning, man, if God told you to do something, you do it. Yeah. You act on it, no matter what the outcome is. Right. And I started thinking about many moments in my life where I passed by a homeless person. I passed by this person that might needed a coat. I passed by so many opportunities to give. But I questioned in my giving. And even if you question in your giving and you still give, that is still greed. Even if you question in your giving, that is still greed. If God told you to do something, it is not up to us to question. It is up to us to act in faith and say, man, okay, this might be the only $10 that I have. This might be the only $20 that I have, but I'm going to choose to give this away. And Lord, I'm going to trust you to meet every one of my needs. That's generosity. And I also wonder, man, it's easy for us to give when everything's going great. It's easy for us to give and say, man, I want to give to this initiative. Everything's great. I got money in my bank account. I got savings in my account. We, we're good. And we give and we give and give. But I question that as well. Would we give when life is squishing us? Would we give when everything around us isn't working out the way that we thought it would work out? Come on, somebody. Would we choose to give in the hard moments of our life? Or do we squander those things away? Do we say, man, I'm going to keep this thing. I'm going to hoard on to this thing. I'm going to hoard on to this gift card. I'm going to hoard on to these things. Instead of saying, no, Lord, I don't know what the left hand is doing from the right. That's a scripture. I'm going to choose to give no matter what's happening. I'm going to choose to give in my, my high moments when everything's working out. I'm going to choose to give in the low moments. I'm going to choose to press in and trust you. That's generosity. To give without question is generosity. And I think we have to ask ourselves, because many of us are sitting in this room, and you know God has told you to give in many ways. And I'm not just talking about finances. This is not just a financial message. This is about time. This is about giving to your family instead of working tirelessly to make material things happen in their life. They want you. Your kids don't want your money. They want their dad. They want their mom. But you're, you're so, you, you, we're so full and we're like, man, I didn't have this as a kid, so I want to give that to my kid. 
But your kid at the end of the day wants you. They want a mom and a dad. And we work tirelessly over and over and over, and we do this and we do that, all in the name to give. But at the end of the day, we're not, we're not really truly giving. And I started, I started, as I was preparing this message, I started questioning myself, because I said it last week. Listen, anything that I preach or any of us preach, we're literally working out. This is not something I have perfectly. I wish I did. It'd be great. To come up and say, man, I've done this, and God's blessed me, and he's done this, and blah, 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 blah. Yes, he has blessed me, but I don't have this perfectly. I'm still working out these situations in my life. Another quote from Glittering Vices says this, the greedy are excessive in acquiring and keeping possessions, even at the point of depriving others of what they deserve or need. I literally flipped my book. I was so bad. I was like, dang it. The greedy are excessive in acquiring and keeping possessions, even at the point of depriving others of what they deserve or need. So greed literally deprives others of a blessing. When I squander and when I hold on to something, it literally deprives someone from a blessing that they need in their lives. When I squinch and when I hold on so tight, it literally stops the flow of blessing. And I started thinking about that man many times where I've held my fist tight. And you know what? If you hold your fist tight, you'll never be able to receive. If we're like this all the time and saying, ah, I don't want to give it, I don't want to give it, we're reluctant. And we're like, I don't, I don't want to give. We're holding our hands so tight. And God can never bless you with, with tight fists. God only blesses people with open hands. And if we're going to be generous and do the things that God has called us to do, we literally have to posture our hearts and our minds and say, man, I got open hands. Lord, as it comes to me, I'll give. As it comes to me, I'll give. And you'll bless me. More comes, and, and I bless others. More comes, and I bless others. It's this constant, steady giving outflow. But if we're holding our hands and quenching everything, we can never be blessed. And I think a lot of us wonder why the blessings of God aren't on our lives. Maybe you're holding your fist like this. Maybe we're quenching onto something. We're holding onto something so tight that God's like, no, release it. Release it so I can bless you. Release it so I can fill your cup. So the greedy are excessive in acquiring and keeping possessions, even at the point of depriving others of what they deserve or need. Have the worship team come up. You see, greed can be the driving force to many people's riches. But if we aren't careful, greed will literally kill the very thing that God created us for. God created us to be a blessing. God created us to have our hands open wide. God didn't create us to, to live a fisted life like this. He didn't create us to quench everything. He said, man, I created everything. I want you to have an abundance. I want you to have more. But in order for you to have more, our hands have to be wide open. And we have to say, Lord, this is everything. And another thing, too, a lot of us are greedy with our gifts. And I'm talking about talent. There's a lot of us in this room right now, and I didn't say this in the 10 a.m., this is just all spirit. <laughs> There's a lot of us in this room 
that are quenching our gifts. And I'm not just talking about gifts to be on the stage. A lot of you have a gift for hospitality, but I don't see you volunteering. A lot of you have a gift to welcome people with open arms, but I don't see you at the door. And we're squandering our gifts. This is not just about finances. This is not just about materials. This is about everything that God has created you to be. We come in week in and week out, and we sit here squandering the gifts and the blessings of God over my life. How would it be if God, I, I knew that God had called me to dance. I knew that God had called me to preach. And how would it look if I said, no, I'm going to hold on to this. You know what God ends up doing when we have fists like this? He literally says, okay, I'm going to pass you by. I'm going to go to the next person that's ready to use their gift. And I wonder how many of us in this room are sitting in the giftings that God has called us in because we're afraid of what people may think. We're afraid of stepping out and saying, man, I'm just going to step out. And I know some of you are timid. Some of you are shy. I get that. But at the end of the day, there's giftings. God has called you. When we say we are the body of Christ, that means you and I, we as a collective group are joined together. We are the body. But you see, a lot of us, we're, we're so concerned about whatever, what everybody else thinks. We're so concerned about this or that. We're so concerned about not giving God our best. This is something I say all the time, and I believe, with, I say this with the worship team and my teens and, and our downtown team. I, I say it all the time. We're going to the next level. And this is not just faith talk. This is reality. And the thing about going to the next level when I say we're going to the next level, that's a collective group of people. If we're going to really reach the city, we have to do it collectively. If we're going to reach the state of Utah, we have to do it collectively. If we're going to reach the world, the Bible says go into all the world and preach the good news, we have to do it collectively. It's not one single person. And Pastor Jason, our lead pastor, says this all the time. This church isn't ran on one man's vision, but it's ran of the sacrifice of many people operating in their giftings and their calling. But you know what we got to do? We can't squander the giftings. We can't squander the calling of God. We have to say, man, I release it. I release it. Lord, I want you to use me, however that looks. I want you to use me. And I'm not just saying it's in the four walls of the church. Because you know what? There are many people that need to know Jesus that are outside of these four walls. And I say this at 10 a.m. We come in here not to just, just hoard on to everything. But you know why we come into church? It's so that we can get filled up and be released to go out into the world and preach the gospel to the people that are at your workplace. To preach the gospel to your family that doesn't know who Jesus is. To preach the gospel to your friend that's struggling. That's why we come into this place. And so I want to challenge us this week. These are five practical ways that I really want to challenge our church. And this is not, this is not anything crazy, but this is something that I've been challenging myself in this week. And number one is this, track your spending. Simple steps. 
Track your spending. In order for us to be generous and do the things that God has called us to do, track your spending. Say, Lord, use this. Use this area. Another one is this. Repeat every day why we are thankful. And this is something that I do. Because when we're thankful, we get our eyes off of our circumstances and our wants and our needs. And it puts our focus and attention on Jesus. It says, man, I'm thankful for what I do have. I don't need that material thing. You know why? Because I'm thankful for what I already have. God supplied everything in my life. And so we should recall and repeat why we are thankful every day. Number three is this, tithe. Simple. Here at the well, we believe in generosity. The reason why we can pay off a young man's hospital bill is because we're a generous church. The reason why we can be effective and, and build a house in Mexico, $10,000 house in Mexico for a family that doesn't have a home, it's because people are generous. And so we believe in tithe here as well. Number four, take a break for, from consumption. This is a big one for me. Take a break from consumption. Maybe it may look like you go shopping every weekend. Take a break. Instead of shopping for yourself, maybe shop for somebody else. Instead of going to Starbucks four times a week, go two times a week. To see what God can do in that. And, and last but not least is this. Treat others expecting nothing in return. And this is a practical message. Very practical. But I believe, literally, in order for us to go to the next level, and what God has created us to do, we have to make practical changes in our daily lives. And so I want to challenge you guys with these five steps. To walk this out. Say, man, I'm going to be generous with everything I have. I'm going to be generous with my time. I'm going to be generous with my gifts, my talents. I'm going to be generous with my finances. Whatever you want me to be and do, Lord, I'll do it.